Dan Coleman. And for the first time ever, I have not one, but two special guests. First guest is a frequent flyer on this show, Matthew Bukovich. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I hope you and your family are staying safe and everybody else that's listening, uh, staying safe, enjoying this Memorial Day weekend, and uh, hopefully heading down the peak of uh, what's been a not too fun global pandemic. That, that is very, that very true. And uh, mm. I hope your family's doing well as well. And my second guest First timer, drinks with Dan. Welcome to the show, Mr. B.J. Smith. I feel like there's like a uh, like there should be like a clap studio right there. <laughs> we Listen, well, Matt, is that a uh, is that a junk headband? Is that, that is a junk, junk headband. That's a junk it headband. Is. Yes, uh, it is. Literally. All right. So if I can just jump into this. Do it so, up. um, I started. First of all, I got some serious quarantine hair. Right, like. The barber shops down here closed down. Couldn't get a haircut for a while, so my hair just like grew and grew and grew. And uh, I've been running a lot, so my hair like gets all in my way. So I actually ordered a junk headband recently, and uh, they, uh, dude, because of quarantine, it took like a month to get here. Yeah, same but thing. But I just I got actually... it like two days ago. I just got my very first one. I'm you know, I'm hooked, man. If, I am if, hooked. If you're listening to this, you can't see this, but I'm wearing uh, the Bryce Harper blue Phillies Yeah, headband. that's the Bryce Harper. Now, I've also got yeah. the straight black one. I've got the red Phillies one. Uh, and I've, I've jokingly been, and, and for those of you guys that know my background, um, I, you know, in golf management, we're always clean shaven, short hair. It's just, it's been tradition and stuff. So this is one of the rare times I've had a chance to grow my hair out and get my beard going. So I've jokingly yeah. been sending pictures to my friends going, uh, Hey, this is my new Bryce Harper look. And you look been, like Bryce. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it hasn't been met with the best of, uh, of comments. Uh, mostly everyone that says that says I'm going crazy, but you know, it's been kind of a funny thing I was doing with my classes and my students and stuff uh yeah for the last two months to to kind of have an on-running joke so this is where we're at at this point listen if you're if i'm just gonna say it right now if you're a baseball fan and you got long hair get a junk headband they're 15 <laughs> bucks they're 15 dollars and they're legit they're legit I'm you know, Dan, sure we're going to have to like, use them as a sponsor now. Just throw yeah, them out. Junk headbands. I was going to say, Dan, BJ's is on here for five allowed? minutes, and he's already, uh, yeah. he's already sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> I mean, he's doing yeah. a way better job generating revenue than we ever I, did. I don't even know if this is allowed. Am I even allowed to say their name? I don't know. I have yeah, no we're going to charge for it later, but I'll charge you. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just send the bill to me, man. I'll pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, this is Drinks with Dan. First question, as always, what you got drinking today, BJ? Oh, man. All right, so... Dan and I have been talking a lot. Dan used to live here in St. Pete. I now live in St. Pete. Um, moved here last year. So Dan knows what I'm drinking. This is Three Daughters St. Pete Beach Blonde. Beautiful yes. ale. It's a nice ale. Very I easy. I went there opening day. It's a beautiful, beautiful brewery there. Um, they had they opened up to the back, and you could go in there and play cornhole and the giant yeah, Jenga. Yeah. Um, I spent many, many winters in there because it's so open and, and huge. Um, and they had it heated in the winter. It was amazing. And they got like, usually they got somebody playing music, chilling. It's great place. Great place. Yep. So BJ, you, so tell everybody what's been going on in your life since we graduated, what, 2007? Oh my God. Yeah. 13 the, years ago. Give me, yeah. Holy crap. 13 is that real? Years. That's yeah. real. That is real. 13 years ago. We're getting old gentlemen. We're getting old. Oh my God. 
I'm, give everybody I'm, the five minute speech is what you've been up to for 13 five years. Five minute speech. All right. Uh, joined the military. Uh, got out of the military, moved to Boston, then moved to Kentucky, and then moved here. Kentucky? What, why Kentucky? Dude, uh, so I actually got into grad school out in Kentucky, and I've always been into the big, like, I love horse racing, I love bourbon, and uh, I was like, man, I will never be able to live in Kentucky otherwise, so I might as well do it now. So I did it. Good for you, man. Do it up. Yeah. I've only driven through Kentucky, and I always wanted to go to Jack. Beautiful state, man. Beautiful state. Did you check out Jack while you were there? Um, Jack Daniels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's actually Tennessee. Oh, Don't get it confused, man. <laughs> They'll kill you. They'll Lord. kill you there. Yeah, yeah, Jack Daniels is a Tennessee whiskey. So what's in Kentucky? Kentucky, you got Blanton's. You got Buffalo Trace. You got Elijah Craig. I must have been thinking of something else. I'm thinking of some big name thing. I thought I thought it was down there. Maybe it was Jack that I was thinking of that. Um, Lexington always... Lexington is like real big for bourbon, real big. Yeah. So it's an it's an easy confusion because if you're if you're an American place and you're selling like whiskey or bourbon, chances are you're in Kentucky. So it's an easy it's an easy goof, but. Let me just tell you, if you have any people who are from Kentucky and listen to your podcast, Jack Daniels is not in Kentucky. They will, <laughs> they will murder you, man. They'll kill you. I don't think I have any listeners there, but you know, now you, you might. say that, it's going to come You might. <laughs> <laughs> They'll kill you. So you guys are obviously uh, huge into baseball. Uh, let, let's get rid of that. Man. You guys both have your hats on. PJ, I, yes. don't, I don't know if I told you this, but um, have, Clearwater obviously is home of the Phillies spring training. Yes. I haven't gone there. Tuesdays, I don't know if they still do it. It was Dollar Day, where it was a dollar ticket, dollar beer, dollar hot dogs, dollars uh, um, hamburgers, and dollar ice creams. Uh, 20 bucks this, will get you full and hung and, uh, and drunk real quick. Wow. I've never heard of this, but this is something that I can get down on. <laughs> I, I, can, I can confirm. Uh, one of my best friends, Allie Hardy, um, lives two blocks from the stadium. Uh, is she still? That's actually her routine. She goes, yep, go there every single uh Night they have that. Uh, it's still going on. It's uh, it's a pretty cool environment. I actually oh. was supposed to be at spring training um, working with analytics with the Phillies uh, this year, but unfortunately due to COVID, I uh, wasn't able to travel right. with uh, the university. So I was supposed uh, to be down there doing some stats and numbers, but uh, I'll look forward to the 2021 baseball season for uh, for some spring training on that end. Oh, dude, no doubt, man. I So when I was actually a little kid, I used to live here in Clearwater. My dad was actually stationed. My dad was Coast Guard. And he was stationed down here in St. Pete. And uh, we lived in Clearwater over by Curlew Creek. Uh, and we used to go to the Philly games all the times, man. Uh, but it's conflicting because I'm a huge Met fan. The biggest Met fan you will ever find. <laughs> and, uh, and to go to Phillies and support Phillies, it's, uh, it's a wild thing, man. I remember when Bryce Harper got traded last year. Or not traded, but he signed he with the Phillies signed, last yeah. year. And uh, he showed up last year while I was here. And it was like, I mean, you would have thought Christ was coming to St. Pete. <laughs> it was wild. Man. That's I, true. I mean, that's it was how they wild. And yeah. then what did he say? And then he made a goof, right? He made a Freudian slip. He said, uh, we're going to win the championship here in Washington. <laughs> do you remember that? He technically was right. For like a week straight. Dude, everybody was like, oh, Bryce, you're cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I left Clearwater before he was even a thought of going to the Phillies. Oh, 
God. But uh, where where is the Mets spring training? Poor St. Lucie, man. Oh, that's down. only two hours. Uh, yeah, it's about two and a half. Yeah, I I went down there. Uh, so actually, like, cool news, Matt. Like, I like got real into golf. I totally took it up. Um, so I have a buddy who lives in West Palm Beach, which, as you guys I'm sure know, like down here, it's golf paradise. Like every single course, whether it's a private or municipal, whatever, is just top notch, top notch. So uh, I would go down and I'd see my buddy and we'd go over to the spring training for the Mets. And uh, what a what a great place to be. Spring oh, yeah. training. Spring no, training is it is the best. Oh, God, I love spring training. I look forward to it. I don't, the regular season is cool, but spring training is like spring training is so good. Yeah, it was actually really cool because down there, they were really cool. I mean, this was also – I was stationed there now five years ago almost um, when I left. Um, they would have a spring training game where it would be the Phillies versus Clearwater Police, Clearwater Fire, and oh, then part of the Coast Guard. So all of us so got good. to play against them, and we raised money for um, – I forget what it was, some food bank or something down at local. All the money went to them for, like, the tickets and concessions Beautiful. and everything. And we got to meet all the players, play them for a game that didn't matter at all. It was super cool. So if you that can is do cool. it, check it out. Yeah, that is cool. That is great. I mean, it this this whole – I'm learning that this whole state of Florida is sold on spring training. I mean, whatever yeah. whatever it is that they can do for spring training, they will do. Yeah, between them and what is it, New Arizona, I think, or New Mexico? Yeah, Arizona. Yeah. 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 I mean, the those are the states. League. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 I guess it's good that it hasn't come out to that because they were thinking about doing like the Cactus League versus the, um, what they call it, the Gator League or Grapefruit. The grapefruit. League? Grapefruit. grapefruit. Yep. Yeah. So, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Like, are you happy about it? Are you sad? Like, you guys are baseball fans. I just enjoy the game. So, I don't, I don't really have a preference. I mean, I'll start with it's sad that they're not able to play. I mean, it's understandable, though. And I'll be the first one to tell you that. And, and Dan, you and I, we've discussed this multiple times. You know, it's done for the safety of the fans. And that's that's first and foremost. Right. But we've now hit a point where, as we're starting to see improvement in the country, it's baseball is needed as a pulse of America. Like, it's Memorial Day weekend. This is officially the start of baseball season. So I'm not in a mode where I want to jeopardize the health of individuals. But what I want to see from baseball, first and foremost, is let's go to the drawing board and figure out how we're going to play. OK, we're we're on the we're on the fall down. We've hit the peak. We're now coming down from the thing. People are getting healthier. It's still a danger out there. And if we don't have to have if we can't have fans, we can't have fans. But we've now gotten to a point where for the good of America, we need to start coming to the table and figure out how baseball individuals should play. That's that's my viewpoint on it. I, I could not can't say it better. And it doesn't end with just MLB. So this actually like trickles down. So um, I coach high school, right? So colleges were actually the first ones to say we're kiboshing the season, like we're we're putting a pause and we're ending it. As soon as colleges did that is when high school started doing it. And that's when spring training was going on. And that's when MLB was like, no, we can't continue either. So it's a trickle down effect. So I play Every Sunday I play in a baseball league and we are not allowed to play. Like we can't have any contact. So not only are baseball fans not getting their MLB, you're also not getting your college. You're not getting your high school. And if you yourself play as well, you're not getting that. So we are all at a pause here. 
uh, and baseball lovers, you know, this is this is what we look forward to, man. November 1st ends and we're like, shit, when is February? When right. the pitch, pitchers and catchers report. So, yep, I, I'm totally on board with Matt. I think that if there can be a safe way to do this, we need it. We need it back. Um, people people have jobs working security. People have jobs working whatever it is that they do. And man, it's tough. These big cities thrive on on baseball, and it's a shame that that we're not playing. No, I, I totally agree. Like from a like me being a medical professional esque person, right. I, I I see the 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 public health standpoint. But this is America's pastime here. Like play right. without fans in the sport. And we have TV. Stay at home watching on TV. Air some ads. You'll make your money back. Like right. let's get this For show sure. on the road here. Um, you want to, I think like you could p- test the players like every week or something if you needed to, um, to do that. I, I know the, um, um, and NBA was doing that for a while when they were still going, right. like, why can't baseball do the same? Let's get the show on the road. Let's play. Well, and, and the other thing is like, all right. So if you want to invite fans, I understand, like, I'm totally on board for, um, COVID. Like we need to, we need to take the proper measures. Like I'm not one of those people who's like saying, no, this isn't real. So you think about Yankee Stadium, right? Yankee Stadium has, what, 60,000 seats yep. in the place? If you sell 10,000 10, tickets, you could easily – and then employ security to say, like, hey, man, you guys don't live together. You need to be six feet apart. And you can do that, right? You can easily put one person in, like, seat four, the other person in seat 10. Right. And then, you know, or, you, you know, you sell you know 10,000 tickets. It can be a phased in approach. Maybe the season starts July 1st. OK, starting August 1st, we're going to allow 2000 fans starting August 10th. Sure. We're going to go to 4000 starting. So you're exactly right. It's just there's a lot of ways to do this. And there's a lot of ways to do it safely. The biggest hurdle, of course, is the owners and the players have to decide, you know, it's, right. it's two groups of individuals fighting over money. It, it's two groups of individuals fighting over money. And I will tell you this, um, you know. You're getting to a point now where I know Blake Snell made that one comment like, look, I don't feel like I'm not playing. I get this pay cut, you know, throw all, throw all Blake stuff, Snell. you know, mm. there's you can't there's, you know, opinions on one and opinions on the other end. It's real simple. You have two groups of individuals that want a bunch of money. I understand it. Sports are all about money, mm-hmm. but both groups and you can't I am not I am not siding with the players. I'm not siding with the owners. I'm not siding with either one. Both groups need to come into a room, sit together and go, hey. Let's find a way to work together to bring this sport back because so many other people right. in this world are dependent on, you know, the likelihood of 300 individuals, if you will. You know, it's, it's more than that for roster size. You know, let's call it 2,000 right. individuals. So um, I don't know. I just I have a feeling it's going to work. It's the same thing. I view baseball coming back as the same way I viewed the NFL. Um, I, I wouldn't call it a strike because they still got the season in. But um Years ago when the collective bargaining was coming about, it was very close towards the end, but everybody goes, oh, they're not going to play. They're not going to play. I'm like, they're going to play. They're going to play. They're going right. to do that. Uh, they're going to come back. It's just a matter of everybody kind of, you know, I wouldn't say swallowing your pride a little bit, but understanding your wallet's going to be a little bit lighter, but you're still going to have money in there. And a little bit of something is better than nothing. <laughs> For sure, so man. My, my concern is that if they only allow X amount of people in the stadium, we're going to have the same issue with ticket prices that the NFL has because there's so few NFL games. Right. The prices are just astronomical, and I think that baseball is going to be the same way where only the elites are going to be able to afford it. If you're only letting 10,000 people in and you're now cutting one-sixth of the stadium seating into into consideration. So that's my only concern is you're just – I mean, granted, they're still going to make their money, 
but you're just priced right. down now on Ticketmaster, like astronomically. That's a, that's a great point, and that's definitely something that I've never thought about. I would only hope that um, MLB teams would know, like, don't put a lock on it, right? Like Ticketmaster, they sell out to all these um, people who, who will resell these tickets, and hopefully right. there's just some kind of lock that you can do but that's a great point. Lot of of that. yeah Way to do it but. you know what though i'd still i don't i don't care if it's twenty thousand dollars a ticket because the difference i look at it like this the difference between a baseball game or an nfl game or a basketball game versus i'll call it like uh uh i don't know whoever's popular a kanye west or a jay-z concert or a beyonce concert that concert you got to pay that ticket in order to see that show it's the only way to get through the door Right. We still have TV. And you know what? Like, it's true. The, yeah. And if you look at most middle-class individuals, you know, in that medium income, they might get to one or two baseball games a year at max. I think they'd be willing to sacrifice that one baseball game they can't go to in order to watch, let's just call it 72 games on TV. I think you'd have, you'd have middle-class America trade that in a heartbeat. Yeah, you know what? The elites would be able to afford that. And a couple of individuals might want to drop the $500 to go to one game. I understand that. But I still say, you know, I'm okay with sacrificing that if I get my TV revenues back and if I get, you know, if I get to do that down the line. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's for sure, man. I mean, no matter what, the the average American like us, we're, if you're charging that much, like, yeah, I'll just watch it on TV. But mm-hmm. there's something about going to a baseball game in July, on July 4th, right? Like having a hot dog, having a beer. You're totally right, 100%. Oh, my God. At the end, I'm all about it. There's nothing that compares. And people who aren't baseball people, they don't get it. They're like, oh, uh, you know, how can you sit there and watch three hours of of this? And it's like, dude, you don't understand. Like, think, dig deeper here. Look at what's happening. And, yeah, man, I I agree with you a thousand percent. But at the same time, I'm like, shit, I need to go to that game. I need to go. You also have to look at it from a, fan, a standpoint of sports, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, hockey, sports are a pulse of a community in an area. You know, you, you go to Philadelphia is a great example of this. When the Eagles win on Sunday, okay, if you look at the average tips at restaurants, if you look at the conversation wow. in the workplace, if you look at the comp, like if you look at the data, if you look at the sheer math, people are in a better mood and are more likely to stimulate the economy more on that end so just take the baseball i don't you know there's a lot of people that will listen and go i don't care about sports okay fine but you need to understand that most of these stadiums employ like 400 people those 400 people are tax-paying individuals that contribute to the economy in the local area and when that team wins people are happy the spirits are up they're contributing more to the you know the local economy so it's it's a bigger thing than okay what if they don't play i get it you know i totally get it it's an it's a luxury it's an extra thing but bj you summed it up like people you know if you're a baseball person you get it if you're not a baseball person, understand the economics that go into producing that game, because it's not just the baseball fans that are suffering. It's the rest of a city and the rest of a population that are paying attention to that. Right. No doubt. I mean, Dan, you know, down here in St. Pete and, and much as like every bar ever in America that has a baseball stadium, we have Fergs and oh, Fergs, yeah. you, yep. are, you are, you are, you are. If you're going to a one o'clock Saturday game for the Rays, you're getting to Ferg's at 10 a.m. And, and you're going to shuttle over after yeah, dude, going there and spending hundreds of bucks on food. You and got a hundred dollar tab, man. And yep. and there's no doubt like it's everywhere else in America. Uh, the Mets, they have um, they have McFadden's, which is like mm-hmm. built in the Red Sox. I lived in Boston for like three years. Boston has Bleacher Bar. Yep. These I mean, these 
these places thrive on these baseball games, like, man. They, all, all these stadiums have it. San Francisco had been there. They have something similar. Um, yeah. Texas has it. Like, every every place has it. You're right. Like, these places yeah. thrive on the games. And I think to myself, like, if the NFL, just to go off a little tangent, if the NFL does end up canceling their the stadium for, like, player or for people for you know you and i to go to the game what's them to stop people from tailgating and going to these places also a great point i really think that that might be something that people will do and and i'm hoping that you know that's something similar with baseball if people do close they'll go to ferg's or go to mcfadden's or whatever right outside and and support the team right outside the game you know trying to catch balls hit out of the stadium or what have you you know no, that's yes. a good Dan. That's a good point because I never even thought of that. Like, are are you going to have these pop up tailgates happening or these pop up parties where you know if you're trying to prevent social distancing, you're not doing any good. I you know that's a that's yeah. a very good point. Um, people are already going to the beaches and not listening. So what's them to stop people from going to a parking lot or going right. to a bunch of people's houses and having a house party watching the game there on no doubt or seventy no inch TV? You, you can't stop it. So at this point, why bother? Just let them in. I don't know. I got um. It's it's funny. Uh. So. Matt, I'm sure, and, and Dan, I'm sure you know, a couple weeks ago, they were talking about, like you were saying earlier, Dan, is um, Grapefruit League versus Grapefruit League and Cactus League versus Cactus, Cactus League. So it doesn't matter if you were in the AL East or the NL East. didn't matter. You were playing each other because you were Grapefruit. So uh, the Phillies actually, the, when, when everybody was talking about, okay, you're going to play at your spring training site. The Mets were going to play down here in Philly, right, right. or in uh, Clearwater for the Phillies. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm going to pull over on 19. Oh, yeah, Cause, for sure. Because 19, it's Highway perfect. 19, yeah. right next looks to right over the stadium. And yep. I'm going to go, if the Mets are in town playing the Phillies, I'm going to go pull Part over <laughs> on 19. And I'm going to watch the Mets play the Phillies at their spring training site. <laughs> right 19, there. And do you think that I'd be the only one to do that? I wouldn't be. Route 19 is about as busy as, like, Route 2 when it's full of traffic. It's like a highway. It's not like a regular, like, 130. Right, right. It is It is Route 2, people going 75 miles an hour down this road. No <laughs> doubt. But you better believe, you better believe I'm pulling over and I'm going to watch. And, That's I, and awesome. like I said, I'm not going to be the only one to do that. There's no way I'm going to be the only one. Oh, man. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so you guys were speaking earlier, I think it was off pot about uh, golf. I'm just curious, did you guys end up watching the Brady Manning golf little tournament thing? Loved every second of it. That I'll be the first one to tell you, and I'm going to get heat for this. That thing was fixed. Oh, the, whole thing, the, the whole thing is fixed. And no. you know what? It was nope. fixed. I'm telling you it was fixed. I'm not like, you know, the, the, way, the outcome is irrelevant. The whole entire thing was fixed because you had, you know – they did it so that it was close for a lot of reasons. Close brings in more revenue for betting. Close brings in more people watching it, more people sponsoring. Sure. If that if that match got out of hand, you know, if that match got out of hand after the first four holes and somebody was six up or six down, you know, like people would have turned off and they would have tuned out. So it was what it was. It was the most entertaining, in my opinion, the most entertaining scripted golf match that I got to watch this year in a very long oh. time. So um, you would put this on par with like WWE? Go, no, exactly, 100. That's what it sounds like. 100. Oh, wow. wow. It was if you don't, if it, they didn't hit those shots, those shots, those shots were all. I would put this right in line with WWE. Um, I've been listening to WWE podcasts but, lately, Matt, and I would say how those. Does, sh- how does? How does? How, okay, so on the tee box, how do you shank it left hardcore <laughs> like that? I mean, some of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were 
Like, I mean, it wasn't like, even close. How do you do that? Well, first of all, that's actually, it's easier to hit a very bad shot than it is a good shot. Is it? But okay. the reality yeah. is, is that if you really, if you really dissect that match, it was, it was a match between Tiger and Phil. And, right. you know, there was the alternate shot format. There was the, you know, they were doing stuff. I mean, Tom, I, I remember the one line where Charles Barkley's like, Tom, if you hit the green, I'll give you $50,000. And Tom hit it into the woods. Uh, oh, the point was, though, what did Tiger and <laughs> Phil do? I mean, you know, they're going to they're gonna deny it. America's going to get denied. It. But if you don't tell me that those two didn't sit in the back and they didn't stay there quietly and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep it close. And th- you have to understand, these are guys that can do magic with a golf ball. These are two right. of the best. I mean, these aren't two of like, are they the best? These are two of the best. If you're putting a Mount Rushmore of golf out there, they are on the right. Mount Rushmore of golf. And coming up in, you know, 14 years of, of, of teaching and instruction and another, you know, uh, 10 more years of playing, they know how to work a golf ball to exactly where they need it to go. So if you're sitting here telling me that that, you know, that wasn't, I think it was the, the best scripted match. There was entertainment. It was, that was not designed to see who was the better team. That was designed to entertain the American public during a time that we don't have sports and to raise money. And did they succeed in those things? Absolutely. But if you're going to sit there and tell me that it was a completely <laughs> legitimate thing, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all by watching it. I'm not buying it by the shots. It was the whole thing was it was a, it was a call it WWE, if you will. It was a predetermined outcome of how it would play out um, for various reasons. <laughs> BJ, give me your thoughts. You, you, I, see I mean, no, I listen. I am a I'm a new golf guy. I, I'm not even going to sit here and act like I watch and I know. But I am. Dude, if Matt says it, I believe it. One thousand percent. If I knew Matt was going to be saying this, I would have gave him a tinfoil hat and uh, yeah, yeah. And talk about some but UFOs but, or something. All right. So here's the thing, though, is uh, so I like to gamble. Whatever. I got a I got a bookie. So I was actually <laughs> betting every single shot. And uh, Matt, I'll tell you. It wasn't easy to know that Tom Brady was not going to perform. I mean, it was if you tell me if you're putting Peyton Manning against Tom Brady, right? You're on a par three, who's closest to the pin? There's no shot I'm going Tom Brady. There's no shot. But so, BJ, think about but, it. But but when it yeah. comes to that, is what I'm saying is like it might have all been rigged, but for the for the guy who likes to sit there and bet on it, but you also had that factor is I mean, you're, you're playing, great you're entertainment. Playing oh, exactly. And you know what? It's they, but think about this though. You have DraftKings doing live betting. If it was yeah. over by the sixth hole, DraftKings doesn't get all those prop bets and they don't get all that extra revenue and money, you're right. you know, you're you right. know, DraftKings in order to do that probably was involved in the donation thing. You also know that, you know, they had that tiger package and fill package. If it's over by the sixth hole or seventh hole, then all of a sudden you don't have all that fundraising coming in. If it's not interesting going into 18, you know, it's, it's not like that. So, and, and I'm not saying that Tiger and Phil were better than, that, you know, Tiger, Phil, Peyton, Tom. I'm not saying that, you know, they were deliberately yeah. those bad shots. Sure. But I guarantee you when I think it was, was it um, uh, Tiger and Manning went up to nothing for a while? You know, I guarantee you it was like, hey, t- they, they had to understand, like, take the gas off a little bit. You know, we'll, we'll hit a shot in a certain spot. We're going to make this interesting. We're going to we're going to get this down to the wire. It's it's you know, what's more interesting right. than watching a NASCAR race when, to, when when you have the final five drivers yeah. in the final lap or a guy that's six laps ahead, knowing full well they're going to win. It's garbage time. You know, one of the let's go back to baseball. Coolest thing ever in baseball growing up. in I mean, whether you're a fan of him or not. You have to respect Mariano Rivera. If you can't tell me one of the most exciting things in Yankee Stadium was watching Mariano Rivera come out in the bullpen with a with a three-two Yankee to try to save that. Enter Stanman. Let's go with K-Rod with the Mets. 
Uh, John Pap. This is, I'm just going pictures that when be- when we were yeah. all growing up. John Papelbon coming out of um, Trevor uh, Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman. Uh, Brad Lidge when he went down to Philly. You Eric know, Gagne. You Dodgers. can't tell me that's an awesome, exciting moment. I'm not saying everything was rigged, no, but right. if, if you can't tell me that wasn't predetermined and that wasn't an outcome. But again, what was the goal? The goal was not to see who the better golfer was. The goal was to raise money for COVID-19 and to and they raised $20 million. You know, the goal was to raise money to entertain America and they succeed in their goal. I could care less who yeah. won. I was more concerned about that. And it was like this whole media entertainment out, out thing. So I don't know. Maybe I'll get heat for this, but that's just my opinion. No, I don't think you'll catch heat. I mean – I didn't. I was shocked that they even went off. It was. I know pouring. with the rain. I it know. was pouring, dude. It was a miserable day. Even when they got onto the onto the first tee box, I was like, "They're really gonna do this?" <laughs> now I've I've played that golf course. It's an amazing course down there. Wow. Um, Melissa Arnett Beesup. She uh, was our merchandiser at East Hampton Golf Club. Her husband Joe Beesup was a Penn State graduate, and I worked for them for two years up at the Hamptons. That was their winter club down there. Um, Buddy Antonopoulos was um, the is their head pro. Uh, it's a really really awesome facility. They had us on in December in uh, I want to say wow. 20, 2012. Uh, nope. Uh, yes, it would have been uh, twenty twelve. We were down there playing. Uh, it was last time I was down at Medalist. But it's a pretty cool environment um, at that facility. So uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was something pretty special. They have, they got a great facility out there. They actually have this sixteen uh, foot long alligator that goes between. There's two golf courses down there, and he just kind of swims back and forth between the two, and you always kind of see him out there chilling. He's a pretty oh, big dude. dude. No way, man. No way. Hey, I also want to tell you on Wednesday I played golf with a guy from Penn State football, Tom McEwen. Nice, very cool. You know. I don't, I, mean, I, I don't, so he was actually like second string. He was a defensive lineman. Okay. Uh, we played on, uh, we played on last Wednesday. The guy is a monster and he hits the ball 300 and a hundred yards. Like the guy off the driver just crushes the ball. Um, oh, terrible, terrible short game. One, one, I mean, that's one of the things that you'll notice about any short game. Well, it's, it's, it's true with a lot of athletes. It's just they're. I hope he's not are, listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> athletes are just naturally gifted when it comes to the long ball. And it's just a lot of, they have very good coordination, very good power. They're some of the easiest individuals to teach both female and male athletes when it comes to teaching golf, because they're right. naturally gifted in a lot of movements. So I love anytime I get one of those individuals out in the driving range or on the lesson team when I'm doing lessons, it just makes life so much easier because it's, they already understand how their body moves and works. So that may, that right. makes sense. They can crush the ball. A lot of times it's though it's it's zero to a hundred. Dialing that shirt game back down is always uh, is always can't a, do a it. challenge. Can't do it. A hundred yards out, I was like, I'll bet you a thousand dollars that I I'll get to the flag closer <laughs> than you will. Very nice. He put. Yeah, I mean the guy, you know, he's a hundred yards out and he pulls out like a a wedge, and I'm like, damn, dude. Well, I know, like for the for the great golfer. You pull out a wedge. That's normal. Mm-hmm. But for the for the everyday golfer, like we're probably going to need a pitching wedge, maybe. <laughs> so PJ, since you're down in in Florida and Tampa Bay to be exact, what is what has the temperature been now that Tom Brady's down there? Oh, it really Bay? People love this guy, man. People love this guy. I'm telling you, when I was when I lived there, the Tampa Bay Bucks were literally giving out tickets for free. <laughs> yeah. So people could fill a stadium because they had a blackout rule where if you didn't get over like 40% of your stadium filled, you couldn't air the games on TV down there. Yeah. So they would literally give the military free tickets and say, please, bring your your families, bring your departments, (laughs) everybody come and to get people to come in there. Now I'm I'm thinking that they're going to have no seats available now that Tom Brady's there. Uh, All right. Yeah, 1,000%. So I have a a former 
coworker who was a season ticket for the for the Bucks. Like she's been a season ticket holder for years. Um, and she was on like a payment plan. It was like for five months. She paid like fifty bucks a month. Yep. So she was paying nothing, and she was in like section two hundred. So it wasn't like Not terrible bad. seats, yeah. right? Yeah. This year, she is selling every single ticket she has. She's selling them because oh. because you can't find a single ticket that is less than three hundred dollars. You cannot find it. Yep. I mean that's the same thing. Like I was looking at going to a um cowboys um cowboys um i heard you talk about it on the last podcast with rachel right i think you were talking about it with rachel tickets there like over 300 dollars. no you can't no way no way so i'm thinking the bucks are gonna have the same issue it's not it's a good issue it's a good issue for them because they need it it's i'll I'll tell you this it's gonna be interesting with tom brady down there in tampa i mean i i view tom brady down there a lot like if you look at what the phillies did early on actually it's BJ, your Mets are actually a great example of this too. The Mets were all in this year of trying to win a World Series. Like with thousand percent, man. It was, gonna it was going to happen. It was going to happen. Well, we'll we'll debate that <laughs> later. Uh, you know, but I'd be remiss if I didn't defend my Phillies as my mom's listening to this and uh, we'll be like, you need to make sure he keeps that Mets talk down. But one thing is for sure is the Let's Mets talk Mets, in. baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were. I mean, the way the Mets had structured their team this year, they were all in. They were, you know, how they mm-hmm. had their contracts, their pitching staff, how their entire yeah. structure was like that. The Tampa Bay Bucks are no different. They are trying to win a Super Bowl in the next two years. You know, say what you want about that whole system. Um, you've seen teams in the past who have won it, and then the next 10 years, it has all been downhill. The Phillies 2010 World Series was an example of this. Then it was all downhill from there. Carolina Panthers going to the Super Bowl. I know they lost to Manning, but then, you know, a lot a lot of trials and tribulations afterwards on that. You can also make some attributes to the Steelers, too, with, uh, you know, some of their Super Bowl, you know, attempts and things like that. The point is this. They're all in for the next two years. They got to win. I'm, the amount of pressure that is on Tom, and, and don't get me wrong, Tom Brady, you know, is considered one of, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. No argument there. Mm-hmm. And is he used to handling pressure? Well, he's got six rings, so obviously he's pretty good at that. Um, but the amount of pressure that is on that man to win a Super Bowl in that town, it's it's not only you only have two years to do it. We've invested everything in you. And by the way, you also need to answer the question, is it Brady or is it Belichick? Right. You know, good luck with that. And, and I just, I pulled up the Tampa schedule. It's going to be a hell of a it's run. Tough. You, you it's know, tough. You've you got, got to Chiefs. go against Breeze twice a year. you got to go yep. against um, the Chiefs. Falcons twice a year. You're, it, exactly. It, your first a, game is against, you know, you're looking at this. First game at New Orleans, 425 p.m. Opening, yeah. You're opening at New Orleans. Good luck. Okay. Yeah. Panthers in, new coach. That'll be rough. Then you go to Denver. Mile High Stadium is not an easy place to play. You go out to LA. Uh, we'll see. Chicago, yeah, fine. But, you know. That, okay. Yeah. So, so looking at that, uh, maybe, maybe four and one right there. You know, you got the win against Carolina, Denver. Uh, you know, maybe four and one, maybe four and two. Fine. Versus Green Bay. Good luck, Aaron Rodgers, talented individual. At right. Las Vegas, and he's I don't be know. Pissed off. And I'm very pissed off. At oh. New York, uh, the Giants. The Giants have like, a bit of an uptick. The Giants Daniel have a bit Jones, of an uptick. Daniel Jones, our guy. Uh, I got yeah, it. We'll, we'll I got to throw it out one. there, man. That's my guy, Daniel Jones, my guy. I listen. I have nothing. Barkley, I have. I have nothing against Daniel Jones. I got nothing against the guy. I just think you picked him too early. Uh, great quarterback. Completely great. agree. No, I think no you picked, I think you picked him too early. Yeah, and if you no want to tell me, if you want to tell me, it's the same. It's the same argument I gave with Baker Mayfield. I gave it Baker Mayfield, and I gave it Daniel Jones, and I said, I'm not knocking the athletic ability, but what I'm telling you is you pick that person, and if you want to sit there and tell me that there were five other teams ahead of you that were picking that person, 
again, don't believe it one bit. Um, right. That, but then going back down the schedule, you go, but you got LA again, fine. Then you got to play Kansas city nope. at home, but good luck. Minnesota right. at home. Good luck at Atlanta. We'll see Detroit. That's a W then back to Atlanta again, <laughs> you know, Detroit's a W. A, hell of a good Aaron record. Melvin. Aaron Melvin, hashtag you know, my guy. I think, I think what has to happen if you really look Huge at the NFC, Lions fan. <laughs> if you look at the NFC and if you look at the Bucks, what they need to do is they need to win the NFC South and and sing and, and, and lock themselves in home field advantage. I mean, that going on the road, good luck. Uh, good luck, yes. Tom. And you know you've got the talent to do it, but good luck <clears> with the pressure. I mean, it's it's always be it's always a pressure type situation when you're Tom Brady, but. At yeah. least you had Belichick helping you in a good defense on your side. I know they never gave many receivers in New England, but um, yeah, let me, uh, you're going to be entertained. Let me let me throw this for pressure, right? Because you talk about how much pressure he has. How about the fact that the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay this year? Oh, that yeah. is this is true. There has so, never been a home team. Was has that never not played. a reason? Oh, 100%. could that have been a reason? Hundred percent. I don't think it was the a reason. Of, uh, yeah, I think it was a contributing factor. Definitely, they're like fuck. We have the Super Bowl is in our hometown. We need to go and get a, a winning quarterback. There Stat. has never been a history in the history of the NFL. There's never been a home team that has hosted the Super Bowl. The Vikings were the closest. Vikings they, almost they, had it. The Vikings almost, almost had, had it. it. Yes, they did. Um, God damn, Brandon Walsh, right? Brandon Walsh. Yes. Uh, it was the it kick. Was, it was clo- uh, Blake. Well, was it Blake? Blair. Blair Walsh. Blair Walsh. Blair Walsh. Walsh. That's yes. it. Blair Walsh. God damn. Yeah. But you know what, hey, it had be to be an Irishman. And, and since and since I threw him out there and you, and you threw his name out there, Daniel Jones. You know what? Uh, if you look at quarterbacks, uh, their third year is always their best. If you look at like in terms of progression, their third year is always always their best. Uh, you know, I, I and NFC East, I, I watch and live and die by with the with the Eagles. And I don't think the Giants. You know, people are not giving the Giants a lot of credit. I think they're going to be a lot better this year than they were last year. And I'm not saying is Daniel Jones a savior. I got to see him play this year. But you know, he's he's not right. that bad. Um, could I see him a 500 record this year? Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly could. I could see him going eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. If, if I'm going to, you're going to make me pick a hard number on there. I would say eight and eight would be the New York giants record this year. Uh, you know, with that. Well, yeah, if you got the flapper there. I would, you, I would you subscribe to that. Flapper. If you're asking, me I'll to subscribe to eight and eight. If you're asking me to give a prediction, look out for the New York giants in 2021. As I, it will come down to uh, Dan. I'm sorry, your Cowboys. You, have, you really have an NFC East lineup right here. You got the Cowboy fan, the I know, Giants fan, wild. and the Eagle fan here. You're and Cowboys, friendly about it, which is you know, even more wild. Dan, I'm sorry, you're down each other's throat. I don't know who thought of this idea. <laughs> you're finishing, Dan. You're yeah. finishing. You're finishing third. I'm sorry, Washington. Yeah. We're not even talking oh, about dude, that. Dude, Dak is not even a guy. Come no, on. No, no. You're finishing third in 2021, and I, I'm not. The, the NFC East will come down to the Giants and Eagles, not this year. But next year, this year it'll be Dallas. It'll be Dallas. Philly. Sure. That's how it's going to be. But I, sure. I will not be surprised. You'll have Saquon in his prime, <laughs> and you'll have a third-year quarterback. Uh, throw it. You want you want to bet on futures? Twenty twenty-one. Uh, you know, playoffs at best. New York Giants. That's um, and this line. In. This I mean, this offensive Giants, line. I'll put the Giants above Washington, but I'm not putting the Giants at taking the whole. The oh whole man, come on, dude. Come on, come on. They, they, they just up. they just re-upped their whole offensive line, and they. I mean. Cool. Saquon and you Barkley, got the worst Saquon Barkley. possible. Oh, dude, he, your guy. Yeah, you're, you're a former guy, right? Yeah, give us your scraps. Uh, but that will help us twice a year. So. Oh God. I don't know. We'll see. What I mean, come on. Do you do you not think that Jason Garrett wants to go and beat Dallas in the worst way? 
Maybe, maybe, but Come maybe on, because man. him and Jerry Jones are buddy buddy. Jerry's gonna slip him some money and say, "Hey, thank, <laughs> thank this Hey, he stole some he money might. from us, so I wouldn't if be. We're, if we're talking conspiracy theories with golf, we might as well go into football conspiracy theories. Yeah, we're we're just conspiracing everything here. <laughs> oh man. So, I figure Jerry since, Jones from his yachts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, since it's uh, Memorial Day, I figure we'll go a little serious here. Give me your Memorial Day memories. What's it mean to you? What are you guys doing? I mean, obviously, today, today's a kind of weird one since uh, the whole COVID thing. But, you know, what, what's yeah, your favorite yeah. Memorial Day memory? What's it mean to you guys? Matt, Go ahead, BJ. You, you lead us off. Oh, man. This day, uh, and, and, I'm, and I appreciate you saying that, man. I know, and I know that this is like veteran to veteran here. So it's, it's big. This is a big day for us. Um, you know, I'm not one of those people who's like, don't say happy Memorial Day, right? Like it's there's nothing happy about. It. I'm not I'm not one of those people. Like enjoy this day, please. Like I want you to enjoy this day. Um, I I just want you to take a minute and think about the people who did what they felt like they needed to do, and because of it, they they're now not with us. And and uh, I want to say, um, T.J. Labreco, we got Tyler Griffin, we got Ryan Hayes. Uh, you know, just a people, a couple people that I know personally, who uh, aren't with us today. And every every Memorial Day, man, I I do my thing. I have a barbecue. I hang out with my friends. I drink some beers because that's what, I know that that's what they would want. So I 100 percent agree with you, BJ. Like, yeah, uh, from every veteran I've ever talked to, I think we're all in the same way. Like, take a second to remember us if we were to go, but don't don't make the day about us. Make it about you. But, um, you know, you know, like, obviously, like you, you said it perfect, like, you know, have a, have your barbecue, have your beer and enjoy it because that's what we would want you to do. You know, we gave our life for you to have that freedom to go right. and do that. Um, you know, obviously take a day, take a minute to respect, you know, pay your respects to, you know, those that you mentioned. And like I had Aaron Zeller, like luckily, like I did, a lot of the people I served with didn't die in combat, but they died either be, because of suicide with PTSD or yes. they had like motorcycle car accidents whatever have you um luckily nobody i know has actually died in service but um knock on wood i hope it stays that way because yeah. all buddies are still serving so um, uh, big big ups to tj labreco um my facebook right now and like cheers to my cheers to my boys because uh tj was one of those people in combat and uh today i i logged onto my facebook and i just saw everybody posting pictures of him and i saw people posting pictures of tyler griffin tyler yeah we were we were in high school with um you know a couple years younger than us but he went to griswold high died in afghanistan only one year younger than us i can remember specifically one year we um we we had junior senior gym as an elective and I, i took that and i was with him and he was a nasty dodgeball player like yeah crap very athletic very athletic yeah yeah uh I think he was but, yeah, a safety. I, he was a safety for the football team. Yep. And uh, yeah, and he was a he was a hard nosed guy, man. He would light your ass up. And I oh, remember, yeah. um, you know, if if anybody who's listening to this knows me knows that I struggled very much so academically. Uh, I was actually <laughs> right there I with was, you, buddy. Oh God, it was not it was not good. It was not good. But uh. So Tyler and I were actually in the same math class when I was a senior and he was a junior. Yes, I was in a junior math class. Uh, But I'm telling you, this guy stood up for anybody. If there was anybody who 
was feeling uncomfortable or maybe was getting picked on, this guy stood up for them. And I remember that about him. I remember just him being a truly genuine guy, like a lovable guy. And it was a, it was a very sad day when I found out that, that he passed and it was, but, but if you knew Tyler, he was into young Marines, right? Like in Lisbon, he, he, he was doing this the he day was, he was in. He Star knew it. You knew he was going to be a Marine from the you day. Knew it. You, you knew it. And I told my brother-in-law, we actually went to uh, Arlington and we pulled up and we saw Tyler where he was laid to rest. And my brother-in-law was not from Griswold. He's from Boston. And, and he just filled up with tears and was crying. And I said, this, like uh, Tyler, I'm sure didn't want to, didn't want to pass away. But if he did, like he, he was a proud Marine. And I remember that about him. He was a proud American. And um, I could only hope to live up to that ex expectation. Like, I only hope that people think when they see me that they're like, he was a good American. Like, he loved his country. Same with Michael Prairie, man. Like, Michael Prairie, shout out. If you're listening, dude, doing big things. He's an E7. He's a master sergeant. Like, big things, man. Moving big things. But dude, doing huge things, man. Like, I got nothing but respect for our class. And, yeah, and everybody who we were there with. And don't forget, we've had, I mean, Griswold High School has produced a lot of military service. A lot, man. I mean, if we were, if a we lot. Were really, if we were to go down the list, there's been a lot, you know, there's been a lot of military service. So many. Service. You know, BJ, they still, to this day, at the Thanksgiving football game that Dan and I were at, they still have Tyler Griffin's banner hanging by the press box. Oh, that's uh, and so that's, good. That, it's still, that's still been there to this day. Um, they, oh, still, they still honor him. Um, so yeah. it's been, that's been pretty good they have that in place. It's it's one of those things that you you're very fortunate because you come from a small town and you're like, you know, you want your small town to represent what you think of when you think of the American dream. Like we grew up with I mean, what was our graduating class? A hundred and two hundred people. One hundred and twenty three people. One twenty three. Yes, man. Yeah. Yep. That's ridiculous. That is so small. And the fact that we have people who. Man, I'm just like I love Griswold. I love, <laughs> I love all things GHS. I'm I'm really proud of like I give Griswold a lot of crap because we Griswold does have their issues, especially with the whole heroin epidemic that's going on, taking right. multiple lives. I feel like every year we lose somebody from that, but overall, like Griswold had a lot of heroes, like really. And mm -hmm. obviously, you were one of them. You, you spent time in Afghanistan. You did your you did your time in service over there. For me, I really appreciate that. I mean, I. I was guaranteed a beach where I was because, you know, pick your, right. your Coast job. Guard, you know? <laughs> yeah. Dan, do you remember uh, you and I were supposed to run the Philadelphia Marathon together, man? Dude, if I didn't get super sick that day, I would oh, have. You are, you are so fucked. You are I'm, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family show, BJ. It's a family show. Oh, I apologize. I mean, oh, you are you are not messed up. Shape. I mean, I was doing marathons all the time. You were, man. Yeah. I, I got into it, down, especially down to where you are in Clearwater. It, it's beautiful down there. And, like, I'm telling you, the, the trails there are beautiful for running on. Dude, you're, you're the guy who turned me on to running, man. Like, it was yeah. because of you that I was like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to I'm gonna run a marathon. Like, I'm crazy. I'm going to do it. And you know like, what? I've fallen in love with running ever since. Dude, it's a, it's a high that you, can, you can't even describe it. It's amazing. It's so good, man. Like, and, back with, and Matt, like, I remember in 2007, me and two other associates, I don't know if I should say their names, but we drove 
down to Penn State, man. Yes, like, yes, you did. I, I, like, I remember that. These two people that I got in this phone call right here, like, big, big love, man. Big love. Yeah. I love y'all, man. No, that was that was a, that was a good trip. You know, Dan, going back to what you said about um, some Memorial Day stuff. Um, you know, I, I mean, obviously, you guys have served. I haven't, and I don't have any immediate family members in the military. Um, I, you know, my grandfathers were both in the military. Uh, you know, Navy and Army. But, uh, you know, you made a point about PTSD and, you know, for me, Memorial Day was always the, the Grizzled High School band parade. That was that was Memorial Day weekend. It was the band parade and family was always the, the connection to it. But I look at Memorial Day weekend now and I'm happy to see that you're seeing more awareness to mental health for veterans. Is It seems to be like the ongoing theme over and over and over again, for sure. which, you know, it, it, they had, you know, they called it shell shocked 40, 50 years ago. Right. They said deal with it. And now you're seeing, you know, better improvement. It's definitely not where it needs to be. But at least it seems like uh, Mark, the VFW uh, post uh, commander uh, in Jewett City, you know, did a talk about he offered his cell phone number when I was at Morley last year and did a talk about how if anybody's struggling, please give him a call. That seems to be the message that I'm seeing now in Memorial Day 2020 and 2021. And I think that's good. It's, you know, we're not just remembering you on May 25th. We're here the other 364 days. So I've always looked at Memorial Day as like this, like evolving thing over the last 10 years of trying to not so much remember people, but take care of the present as well. Like, hey, just to let you know, if you're around and you need help, here's the resources that you can go to and that you can call and here's who you can talk to. So it's been a very common theme for a lot of the speeches and stuff that I've heard. Um, we do a Veterans Day ceremony down here on campus. And it's the same thing. You know, if, if you're struggling, if this is the case, if this is, you know, kind of the backstory on that one. And that's always that's kind of in my, you know, my connection of like listening to that going, you know what, it's good that this message is getting out and people are aware that there's you know, you don't have to go through stuff like this alone. That's a nice, that's been a nice right. feature. Yeah. Like this I is... go to the VA for my healthcare. And um, when I do, they take my vitals, they ask me about my pain. And then they ask me if I have any thoughts of hurting myself or anybody else. And literally they like, honestly stop and look me in the eye. They're not just like any thoughts of hurting yourself. And like, they don't even care. They actually like, phys like stop everything they're doing and look at you and make sure that you're actually okay. And, and I think that's what we really need. I mean, obviously yeah. I'm okay, but there are people there that might need the help, might need right. to know I need help. And, and the help is there for them. You can't even call up the VA without the first thing that they say is, if you are thought of, if you have any thoughts of hurting yourself, press zero now to speak with somebody immediately. Like we're, we're doing so much better now than what we were, but still, I think the last numbers that I saw were 21 veterans died a day from suicide, man. which is too many. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a huge number, man. Huge number. And Matt, like I'm, I so appreciate you saying everything that you just said, man. And, and I'm on board. Like if anybody is listening to Dan's podcast right now and they're a veteran or not even a veteran, if you're just anybody and you need to talk, like, please know that I got your back. Like I'm, this is what I do, man. Like I, I have a career in listening to you talk to me and I'm, and I'm fully for it. So I appreciate you saying that, Matt, and I hope that veterans really do take you up on it, and I hope that veterans take all of us up on it. Is yeah, just I mean, reach out, man. Just other. reach out. You know, yeah. and this is and this yeah. is one of those quarantine things where you know it's it's a mental health thing. You know that we're all locked up. It's not you know yes yes it's you know we're the spotlight is on veterans today, but it's the spotlight's on America. People are going through you know you know all sorts of different stuff. It's hard. It's so hard to. I've, I've been reading these uh, BG. You'll appreciate this. I'm reading these psych books, and it's like. You can't, one of them uh, deals with, you can't understand what stresses other people out. Like just because it doesn't stress right. you out doesn't mean it doesn't yeah. stress other people out. And just yeah. because it gives that. And I think just having an outlet and having a support, like, you know, having somebody just to have a conversation with sometimes is very meaningful. Um, 
and you know sometimes just you know the simplest and smallest little things are helpful you know for individuals I, I always I like to point out the you know when you when you go to the grocery store saying hello to everybody and saying good morning or you know you know how you doing or like the nice polite thing and everybody's like, well, what's what's the point of doing that? I says, you know, that might be the only positive thing that person hears all day. Like, that thousand might be percent. the only positive, and you don't know what that person is dealing with or what that family member is going through. And and now, yep. like, you know, the the stuff on their shoulders. So it's always, you know, it's always a challenge. And you see it. I mean, you see it in your level with your kids. I see it all the way up to the, the college kids, to my coworkers, to people that are older than me. I mean, everybody's got that whole little backstory stuff. And um, you know, the the nice part is there are resources and. You shouldn't be too proud not to reach out for those resources. I, uh, I, often, I often tell my students, I say, like when they come into my office, one of the things I say is, are you venting or do you want advice? That's a good statement. I like that. I'm going to start using that. Are you venting or do you like, uh, or, or do you like advice or, or do you need advice? There are times when you just want to vent, like you just need yeah. to get out there and you don't want someone to say like, well that's all good and well, but you also, and it's like, I don't need to hear that right now. Like, I just want to vent. So yeah, man, it's one of my things. I, I often ask my kids, like, are you venting or do you want advice? Because I'll, I'll, this conversation is going to go either way because of that. Yeah. I might actually take that in the use in the ER because I've seen people yeah. in their worst days of their lives. And do you need to vent or do you want my advice on how to yeah. vent? <laughs> if you're venting, like, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. But I and I'm not and I know that I'm not going to give you anything that you don't want to hear. Right. They have to be wanting to recept that, you know, and, right. and, and right. take that advice. So if they're just sure. venting, it's not even worth it, you know. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. But I but I do appreciate you, Matt, like acknowledging that, man. And and I know that Dan and I were both veterans, man. And, and all we want is support from people. That's all we care about is just give us your support and tell me that you're there for me, man. That's that's all. That's all I need. Yeah, I'm not asking for military discounts or free it. meals. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd rather you say, you know what, if you need something and like you like you need whatever you need advice, you need help with something. Let me know. And I got your back. And I, yeah. that's how yeah. it was like in the military. Like somebody's moving. They need help. You go over there and help them. You drop whatever you do and you go help them. They they have a bad day hell they're drunk off their ass you stop what you're doing you go help them right, and right. you know and now it's like a dog eat dog world this is civilian where it's like nope you got yourself in a situation you get yourself out and when we we're in the, in the military it's you have no family you have no friends you're in it together and you guys have to be brothers from another mother and i think there's a trade-off of that too in a sense of you know people think when a veteran comes back you know oh, okay like they have problems they have issues and so, so their problems are not the same as your problems. It, it's not about, it's not about their problems, not the same as your problems. Everybody goes through everything. So you know what? Yeah. They might be talking to you about what it was like in, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq or, or being over there. And you might be talking about, you know, how it's hard juggling three kids, uh, you know, and, and daycare and like drop and work. It's not about that, which problems, the bigger one or the other one. It's that you have people that have, that need to have a conversation and talk and, and, you know, just to either vent or seek advice, the back and forth. And you'd be surprised how liberating both those things are to put the perspective of like, now I understand what you're going through. I didn't understand how hard this was, or I didn't understand the, the concept of that. And, and, you know, I find more and more times when you just say, you know, a person goes, I'm stressed out. You know, you ask the question, well, why? And they, they, they look at you scared. Right. Like I have anxiety or I'm not doing, I, you know, I'm just going through a hard time. And I always like that, you know, I always pull the, 
why? And they just stare at you like, well, what, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I'd like to know. Like, let's talk about it. Like, it might be what you're going through is it could, could be a simple, like for my kids, sometimes when they come in the office, they're freaking out. I'm like, this is a form. I can, I can solve this. But if, if you don't talk to me and have that conversation, I don't know. And just because, you know, just because you're in the military doesn't mean you should only have to talk to military people. And just because you are, you know, not in the military doesn't mean it's not a good idea to reach out to somebody that is because it's, you know, sure. the more conversation you have and the bigger perspective you get from other individuals, the better health everybody's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Like this isn't limited to veteran to veteran. Like if you're a human, you need to reach out to somebody like well said, well yeah. said human yeah. to human. It's not, it, right. we don't look at race or discriminated right. by any, anything it's human to human. It's not even yeah. veteran to, you know, active or veteran to civilian. No doubt. No doubt. That's all yeah. we, and that's all we ask is, as, as a mental health professional, just if you're a human being, man, and you got something on your mind and it's weighing on you, just reach out, tell a friend, tell somebody, man, just tell somebody. In the description for this podcast, I'll put the um, number for the crisis, count, crisis counseling number hotline. Yeah, yeah, please and, do. Uh, yeah. That way people can look at it. And if they cool. need anything for whatever reason, we, we'll put it there for them. Cool. Um, honestly, I, I think I want to wrap it up on that note because – I think that's a great a great end, end point for this. Um, BJ, Matt, I really appreciate your time, effort, energy into this. Um, we had a great conversation about everything from golf and baseball, amazing. Florida. Amazing. <laughs> I, I, is, I'm 100% down to do this again with both of you. Uh, 1,000%. And this is the beautiful thing about um, growing up in a small town is, like, Matt, I don't know if I've talked to you physically since 2000 and maybe eight. But I feel like this is... We're right back into it. It's, like, it's, it's no like, different than... Yeah, exactly. I haven't missed a day. And Dan, same. Like, I think the last time you and I talked was maybe 2016. And this is so fluid. And I love that about our community, man. I uh, think what, the I great think thing what we need to do... Is oh. We just pick up from wherever we left, left off. And it's like nothing ever happened, you know? I think what we need to do is... I think in two weeks, we need to do the battle of the NFC East. And uh, if we can yes. find... A, if we can find it... If anybody's listening and wants to represent the Washington Redskins, although <laughs> yeah, I although let's just throw Sean them out. I think it's, that would be so. Yes, Sean absolutely. Biggest Redskins. So anybody has his contact, put it out here. If anybody wants to rep the Redskins, yeah. we should do a battle the NFC East. You, you uh, guys, guys want to hear something like super cool? So every year, Sean Bixby and I travel from New York to Washington. We go to each place every year and we and we go and watch the he's a huge Redskins fan like I mean we could have some serious debates the guy is Redskins to die man I think that's what we need to do is a battle of the yeah. NFC East um I think that's what we need to do and yeah. uh I, I, I I'm, gonna, I'm throwing it I am throwing out the challenge to you gentlemen <laughs> I will put out the request when I air this episode we'll look for somebody and we will do it up I might even yeah, bring in yeah. a Cowboys fan, so I'll stay mediator, and I'll bring in, like, Jared Del Monte or something, because oh, I met up with him. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring him, him so that way Matt I can mediate Donovan. this. Yeah, they're all they're all huge Cowboy fans, man. I, I like this idea. We'll do Battle of the NFC East, and then whoever wins that will bring in an AFC person, and they can battle it out or something. I love it. Anytime, <laughs> anytime you want to talk football, basketball, baseball, golf, I'm in it. I'm in it, Matt. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm right there with you, my friend. Yeah. 
So that's going to be this week's edition of Drinks with Dan. As always, make sure to like and subscribe to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, please be sure to check out the rest of what the Sideline Network has to offer. Start your week off right on Mondays with the Richo and Lala Show. As always, catch Drinks with Dan on Tuesdays. And then make sure to catch Richo and his absolutely Eagles-friendly, biased take on the sports world with Richo's rant on Thursdays. And then be sure to catch LaValley on LaValley Sports Talk on Fridays. Thank you all for listening, and I hope to see you again next week.